Welcome back to the Daniel Muggleton podcast. It's me. I'm Daniel Muggleton. I'm the guy. Look, I want to. I want to dive straight in. I want to be like Muglets, ODs. I've had some audio issues, but we're gonna we're gonna get through it. We're gonna hope for the best. We're gonna we're gonna reach for the stars. <laughs> God, I stop. I promise. Um, quick announcements. The reviews have slowed down. I want those goddamn reviews on Spotify and iTunes. Spotify currently winning 26 to iTunes 12. Don't ask me how frequently I check that. Also, uh, this Friday, I'm boarding a plane to go to the UK to do the Edinburgh Fringe for the month of August. I'll be there hosting the Australian Showcase at 2.15 p.m. every day, as well as doing my own show, How the Whitey Have Fallen, 5.30 p.m. every day, Cab Voltaire main room. Very stoked, very stoked to be doing the Cab Voltaire main room. Uh, One of the rooms I remember seeing shows in when I was was a fresh young thing with a heart of gold, staying in a kitchen on two couches pushed together. Edinburgh Fringe is a head fuck. Say it with me. Um, So yeah, very stoked to be there. If you've got any mates heading up to the Fringe, Please do send them along. Now, on this week's episode, uh, a quick a quick little Ashes recap, given Australia retained the Ashes series overnight. Then I talk about uh, getting disrespected to my face at a gig. <laughs> that, <laughs> sorry, it's making me laugh because like it sounds like quite sinister, but it's not. I just want to talk about a very specific type of audience member uh, that I would argue is typically Australian and always a man. And uh, finally, I did have one more. Oh, yes. One more little uh, jizz cup story. I don't know if people are just quite over it at this stage, talking about the whole fertility thing. Uh, but, you know, we're in, the, we're in the throes of it. We're in the thick of it, uh, which kind of sounds like I'm in, a, I'm in a bucket of cum or something. In the thick of it and... <laughs> God, that's gross. In the thick of it, and I had one funny phone call uh, that I I thought you guys might enjoy. So, uh, Vertical is going to get us there, uh, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the ashes. But first, Vertical. Right, to be 100% transparent with you, I've already recorded this section twice and found audio issues with a microphone that I also just used today to record my new kind of a new project, a new podcast style project that I'm very excited about and you guys are going to love. Uh, and I'm, I'm really kind of freaking out that, uh, you know, that... That episode is going to have to go in the goddamn bin because of audio issues. But let's talk cricket. Uh, Australia overnight retain the ashes, not by uh, a mammoth task of hanging on with the bat, not by blasting away, setting a total, and uh, smashing through England's upper and lower order. Uh, upper, Upper order? That doesn't sound right. When you're batting at the top, top order. There we go. Got it. Top order, middle order, bottom order. Got it. Those are the those. There's there's eleven batsmen, and based on where you bat, you're part of the top order, middle order, bottom order. I said, 
what did I say? A, a under order? <laughs> over order. I said over order. No good. Absolutely no good. Can you tell I've recorded this for the third time? So it wasn't because of that. It was because uh, the fifth day of the fourth test of the 2023 Ashes series was rained out, uh, meaning that match was officially a draw. And given Australia is 2-1 up in the series, the best England can do is finish 2-2. And given we won the last series, that means we retain, baby, by default. 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 Uh, One of the the all-time great ways to win something by default. Uh, so that's the thing. I, we, we didn't we didn't win the series. Uh, England can still draw the series. We're currently winning the series, uh, but we have retained the Ashes. But for any cricket fans, as you'll know, uh, the Ashes urn, the urn that contains the Ashes from the first Ashes series, the Ashes of the Bales, uh, never leaves England. It's always in England because they deem it too fragile to travel, uh, even though, of course, the British went around the world uh, for a while there. Uh, taking artifacts from literally everywhere. And at no point do they ever consider they might be too fragile to travel. So, bit of hypocrisy there. Why not? Um, yeah, so this, there's, there's, been, there's been a bit of spite, a bit of spice as well in this Ashes series. Piers Morgan has weighed in pretty hard, being a cricket fan. And uh, he gets immense visibility on Twitter because some people agree with him and other people think he's a cunt. And uh, everyone feels the need to tell him either way. And that means I have to see what he thinks. But, I mean, he's come out and said it's just not cricket because England are the better team. Don't know where you got those stats, mate. Australia's leading the series 2-1. Australia won the last series, I think, 4-1. Or it might have just been 4-0, I forget. Um, we're the better team. We just won the World Test Championship, which was played in England and didn't feature the team England. We played India in that game. It was held in England because they're a neutral territory and they're, it's a neutral territory because their team wasn't good enough to make the fucking game. So to say that England are the better team is just substantively, empirically untrue. Um, but, you know, Piers Morgan says things and the more that you get annoyed by them, the more powerful he becomes. <laughs> so... I'm actually not that bothered, to be fair. I did like that Murph Hughes uh, jumped on on Twitter there just to call him a flog. Uh, Very fun. But, yeah, I mean, all I can say is that it got rained out. Rain has been a part of cricket forever. Like, rain is just a part of sport. I mean, I'm a big NFL guy, and there are games where it is snowing, like a proper blizzard and that definitely has an impact on the outcome. Uh, in my NFL fantasy team last year, the, the fantasy weekend, like the, the final of the fantasy weekend, uh, was when a player got injured, very seriously injured, and they called off the game. And that meant that most fantasy leagues, like the game didn't end, and it was just the person who was winning at the time who got declared champion. And, you know, I was in the final, and I wasn't winning at the time, and that I'm, I lost. And that's what happens. That's why sport is good, because the best team doesn't always win. Like external factors, some of them being weather, are going to affect that. And I'll be honest, all I do when I you know go on any of the trash websites that I'm, I'm loath to admit that I check every day, 
Uh, there's a fucking heat wave in Europe. People are dying left and right. So a bit of rain in Manchester doesn't seem like that much of a catastrophe by comparison, to be honest. Uh, I mean, like Liverpool was right across the way. They were doing the last day of the British Open Golf. Fucking heaps of rain there. They just played through it. I'm still like, I guess it's just got to be because it's dangerous with the cricket ball and the light and like the bowlers kind of steaming in with the rain. But I would like to see them give it a bash just occasionally. Like, you know, Manchester yesterday was absolutely way too wet, you know, partially because of Piers Morgan's team's fucking go on, Dan, get him. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's just funny because, you know, there was the controversy around Johnny Besto's dismissal being like it's within the laws of the game but not in the spirit of the game. And then Piers Morgan has just fucking whipped out the classic today, being like, it's just not cricket. And I'm like, mate, games have been rained out since the beginning. This fucking is cricket. It's just that cricket isn't always just. That's the difference, right? So suck it up, princess. It'll be fine. Uh, there's going to be another match. To be honest, I think England have to go in favorites. They're likely to draw the series 2-2. And I don't think that's an unfair result. And the other thing is, even though yesterday was a bit of a bummer and the fact that that test didn't finish up is a bit of a bummer, it has been one of the best series I've ever watched. I think 2005, the only Ashes series that has been superior to this one. So I'm just enjoying the spectacle. Yeah, like the fact that Australia draws that test and then retains the Ashes because of the weather is... Maybe a little bit of air out of the balloon, but it's kind of not. Like, I remember that with other series, like these external factors kind of changing the context of the series helps it. Like, it makes it a bit more dramatic. Now there's one test. England need to win it to draw the series, a series that arguably they could have won, should have won. I mean, still, I would argue the main reason that England is behind in this series is because they declared at the first innings just to be like, yeah, it's called Bazball. They're doing fucking branding on the tactics they're using. Being like, yeah, we're crazy. We'll declare, give a couple of overs to the bowlers at the end of the day. It's like, mate, if you kept batting, you win that first test. You're 2-1 up. You're cheering the rain. You're like, fuck yeah. Now Australia's got no chance of coming back. Well, I mean, they had absolutely no chance in that game. So I dare say... Uh, <laughs> regardless of the intervention of the gods, uh, the weather gods, of course, not the not the Christian ones. I don't think they really care about cricket. Um, you know, they would have won that match. But yeah, it's just if the best player won all the time, then Rory McIlroy would have won a major in the last nine years. And the fact that he hasn't is one of the most compelling subplots in world golf right now. It's like this guy is definitely the top three in the world, has been for a decade, yet cannot win the thing that the best players win. And then you watch every tournament just being like, is this the time? Is this the time? Like someone choking, like, you know, great Australian golfer slash uh, Saudi Arabia's favorite CEO, Greg Norman. Like the fact that he would choke regularly was compelling viewing. Ah, it's just, it's just so childish. 
It's just so childish to be like, but we were winning. And then we didn't get to win because of rain. And it's like, yeah, what a fucking brilliant metaphor for life. This should have worked, but due to external factors beyond our control, it didn't. So we'll just have to settle for a draw and try again next week. Yeah, this is growing up. Fucking Blink-182, done. Next. All right, off sport. We did it. We got it done at the top. Maybe I'll just start putting timestamps in, being like, hey, this is where I talk about sport. If you want to skip it, I understand. (laughs) Streaming culture has taught us we never need to sit through anything that isn't exactly what we want. But that's a discussion for another time. So let's talk getting disrespected at a gig. Now, I did a bunch of gigs over the weekend. Gigs of varying quality, varying crowd sizes, absolutely very different demographics like a couple of your standard inner city bar gigs and then also two gigs in the Sutherland Shire uh, at bowling clubs. Oh, sorry, a golf club and a bowling club. Uh, I did both. I did the I did the, the upper middle double. Like, is in the upper middle class double. Was that clear? The private school double? The boat shoe double? I don't know. You, you, you're with me. You, you're close enough. Um, so, yeah. Now... For those of you, I mean, I can't imagine anyone isn't aware of this who's listening to this because it is quite a niche podcast. Uh, I wear a tracksuit when I perform on stage. It's usually a red Adidas tracksuit. At this stage, I have got a couple of custom ones with my head on it. Uh, But outside of doing my tour shows, I do tend to go to the regulation Adidas or uh, this sweet little, it's almost like an away kit, you know, like an alternative jersey uh, that is Adidas. It is red, but... It's a, it's a spice little number with some blue and some, some red stripes in addition to the white ones. Uh, so I was doing a show on Saturday night in the Shire. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the Shire is, I mean, fuck, like by the name the Shire, you can probably guess uh, that it's not the most forward-thinking, progressive, diverse place. Uh, it's a bunch of short people with hairy feet there and one wizard. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> look, even for me alone... Doing that joke was slightly embarrassing, so I can only imagine how you feel. Uh, Let's hope this isn't playing out loud through the car, the car little sound system, and you got the window down at a light, and you, you know, make an eye contact with someone else, and they hear that, and they're like, "Oh, geez, this guy's a, this guy has poor taste, uh, poor taste in podcast content." But, um, oh yeah, so I was doing the gig. Now, when I do these gigs, when I do these gigs, I'm always a bit like they're probably not going to like me because bowling clubs, I don't know if this is the same uh, where you are. I think anything that's kind of a club, like it's not a night club, like any kind of club they have to be a member of. Uh, the people who attend these things are quite a difficult crowd to please because generally they're fucking old. Like they are very old and they live around the corner and they kind of consider the club as an extension of their living room. So when you come in there as another person, you're kind of like entering their house and, and they feel like this great deal of ownership over you. Uh, and the, the other thing with that is so there's those, like that's kind of the bulk of the crowd. And then there's also like this young crowd, but like they're the children slash people who play sport for like the club associated with the bowling club. Like they're just kind of, 
they're kind of part of it as well. So again, you come into their living room. And the thing is like with those people, I'm always like, I could win these guys over. Like I, these, these guys would probably dig a lot of the things I'm doing, but uh, there's not that many of them. And to placate their parents, I'm not going to be able to talk about any of the things that they would find interesting. So really, you know, to use one of my favorite phrases, it's a, it's a compromise that pleases no one uh, like Canberra. <laughs> Two cities wanted to be the capital of Australia. Nobody would let the other person get it. So they invented a place in the middle where nobody really wants to live. But that said, I quite like it. I do think Canberra gets a bad rap, but this isn't the time for that conversation. So I'm rolling in Saturday night. It's the first night, sold out, 140 people. Uh, I would say the split would be about 100, 100-year-old people and 40, 20-year-old people. It's never anyone in the middle. Where are they? Where are just your regulation 25 to 34-year-olds in these areas? Like if you live in the proper burbs, like do you just never go out? Like is it just that you're there because you have kids and you're not going to go down the club on a Saturday because all those other fucking cunts are there and you don't want to see them either? I mean... Probably. Like, I don't go to those things ever, but I just assumed it's because I live in the inner city. But that's not important. What's important is I come in, I'm emceeing, I'm the first thing they're going to see. Most of them have never really been to comedy before, you've got to imagine. Or they say they've been to comedy because they went to a live taping of the footy show back in the 90s and saw Car Baron that time. You know how it is. But i got to step up. And one thing I've learned about these is while wearing a full Adidas tracksuit in Australia is unusual when you wear it, you know, in a, in a hipster place or in like the city or in like just the inner city, it's kind of much of a muchness. It's like, Oh yeah, that guy is very red. I don't like it, but I I don't hate it. Whereas in these things, everyone's like, why does he look like that? (laughs) It's like, It's just this, I wish I had a better way. It's just, they're like, he looks different. And like, he looks different in a way that I'm allowed to dislike because he is white. So like, no one can say I'm being racist, but like, I don't like how he looks and I don't know his personality and I hate him purely based on how he looks. And that's, that's fine because we're the same race. So I can just fucking hate it. And I I picked it. And I was absolutely spot on. I've I don't think I've ever done this before, but at the at the top of the gig, I like someone kind of yelled something. I think they just yelled tracksuit. Like that's how similarly everyone dresses in Australia. Like just with your button down and your jeans and your fucking New Balance. Ugh. Um, when they see me wearing a tracksuit, it's so visually overwhelming they can't be like hey ali g hey hey fucking run dmc like they just say tracksuit like they just they just have to say the word tracksuit they just have to say the word um so that's what happened and then i was like before i even got into the hey guys welcome to the comedy show i was just like all right i feel like you guys need to get this out of your system would anyone just like to yell more things that I look like at me? And they did just as a group. There was just like an Ali G in there. There was a Vector in there. Like Vector's just kind of the young, for the younger gen. Uh, 
I think someone said Freddie Mercury. Uh, like that, they just had to get it out. And then when they got it out, I was like, cool, shall we start? I lived in the UK for a bit. That's why I wear the tracksuit. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> like it took, it took that. And then while I was, while I was on, like, again, it's because they, they feel like you're in their bit and they're like, it's a comedy show. I'm the funny one in my group. So I should probably do something funny to reaffirm that status uh, in front of the professional funny person. So I just had people yelling a couple of things out and like, you know, I'd, I'd win because I'm a professional comedian and there are people who hang out at a fucking bowls club on a Saturday. Like, of course, if they yell something out, I'm going to say something funnier back. But it doesn't even need to be that funny. Like, one of the comebacks was not great. He's like, I wouldn't wear a tracksuit. And I was like, I wouldn't have your personality. And everyone clapped. <laughs> Just like everyone, everyone clapped in the room. Just like, yeah, you fucking got him. And then when I came off stage after introducing the first act, like the manager of the bar came over and shook my hand. He's like, yeah, fucking get him. Yeah, mate, get him as many times as you like. And I'm like, oh, I mean, this isn't actually why I'm here. You know, like this isn't, this isn't just, I, I, I'm like a fucking subreddit called roast me and you just stand and I get you and then everyone claps and the next person stands and I get them and then 20 minutes pass and I get 250 bucks, you know? But the funniest thing to me was the guy who I made fun of came up to me and was like, hey, mate, you bloody got me. <laughs> honestly, honestly, as much as you want, just rinse me, go for it. <laughs> All right. And then he like walked up the stairs and he had like an ankle brace. And I was like, oh, did you hurt your ankle? And he's like, yeah, yeah, rolled up playing footy anyway. Just get me in the second half, would you? And then off he went. And I was like, they just don't know how to be an audience for this. So I don't really blame them. I'm just kind of like, they, they think that they're doing their bit by yelling something out, getting me to say something mean to them. And then everyone laughs. So they're like, hey, I was part of that. I was part of that big laugh. Hey, I'm funny. Like, you know, I was part of the humor of the show. And I'm like, all right, you, whatever. Do you? Um, but then, so we got got through the thing. It was all fine. They laughed. We The, the, the headliner did well. They were kind of used to what it was by then. And um, then at the end of the show, just this guy, it was just, there's just like a, like a size of fella. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tall. I'm like 6'2". But like, you know, just a bit taller than me, but a bit broader. And, you know, he's got kind of a mulletish thing going on. And he walks up to me because uh, a couple of people are like shaking my hand. Because, like, you know, at, at these gigs, even though they really dislike you both as a professional and a person, they're very polite. So they must shake your hand and say, thanks, mate, after. Like they won't, they, they'll generally keep it to a thanks, mate. Or like, oh, good one, ha ha ha, like that. Like that's kind of the limit. Um, and this guy, the 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 large man, he was with his girlfriend, and he did this thing, and it's happened to me a few times, and I wanna I wanna bring you into this thing, where he comes up, and he's like, you were okay, I'd lose the tracksuit though, and then expected me to kind of be like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Like kind of pause. He's kind of like pauses in this insult 
Well, it wasn't even an insult, I guess. Well, it's more like it's more like a neutral assessment of my ability and then some advice on how to really take things to the next level. Cheers, mate. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a very awkward thing because I look, I might be reading too much into this. It's happened a few times. It tends to be in these kind of locations where it's like their bit. And there's kind of like an established social hierarchy in that bit. And the fact that I've been on stage and people have been facing in my direction for a while means that I'm a potential threat to that established social hierarchy. So especially in front of their partner, they need to reaffirm the positioning. They're like, hey, you might have been paid to be here. Well, I paid to be here, but... I don't think you're that good or that bad because I'm not a I'm not a mean fella and uh, I don't like how you dress. <laughs> That's always the funny like cuz this guy, you know, just wearing your fucking general pants casual like in no way dressed up, in no way like a stylish fella, not like underdressed, just like a guy. Someone you assume puts very minimal effort into their appearance. Outside of, you know, trying to be a bit of a solid lad to play sport or down at the work site or whatever the fuck. Like, kind of having a go at your your clothes. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like something that he would care about at all. But he just needs to kind of put you in your place, you know? Just like, hey, I know that they all laughed and you were up there and there were lights and music and stuff, but... I didn't enjoy it that much and I would dress differently going forward. Jog on champion. And like, the thing is, like, I don't seek them out. Like, they kind of seek you out after the gig because they need to say something to you to just kind of be a part of the thing. And like, the only thing that I could think of, the only kind of equivalent, I guess, like online interaction, which I got a bit for a while there. Like, I don't get it as much anymore is when people would DM you on Instagram, always always the fellas, they'd DM you on Instagram and they'd be like, that was really funny or hey, I caught your video or hey, I was at the show and I enjoyed it. Generally, just some kind of, you know, pretty low bar. Hey, that was good. Hey, I liked it. Hey, that video popped up. Your, your videos keep popping up all the time and some of them are pretty funny. And then at the end of it, They'd say no homo. <laughs> now, look, I know no homo probably comes from a homophobic place. Fucking newsflash. But like, it's just such a funny thing for guys to feel the need to include when they compliment another man. It's like, hey, I know I wasn't flat out insulting you to your face. So you probably assume... I want to fuck you right now, but I just want to point out that I am not attracted to men. It's not your personal qualities that I'm unattracted to. No, because I enjoy your professional output. It's simply that <laughs> it's simply that I am not attracted to the gender that you seem to identify as. So I won't be having sex with you this evening or any evening. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre, like, I don't, this is the thing. If, 
if I don't like something, I think like any person who's not a sociopath or Eastern European, I will just like ignore, just not mention it. Like when things are bad, just don't mention it. Like don't bring it up. Try to talk about something else. Like, you know, you watch the show and you the someone you know is talking to the performer and you hated the show. And you're like, man, those those lights are pretty bright, huh? Really comfortable chairs. You know, just, just anything apart from like a direct assault on what you didn't enjoy. But these motherfuckers, like, just it was okay. Like, wouldn't wouldn't it be better if you just said it was bad? Like, it was okay? Like, you, you felt the need to come up and tell me that it was okay. Like, which I, to be honest, probably agree with. Like, in that setting, I think the best I can really shoot for is okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was just... I guess, look, I was just wondering, because, you know, on this, I do love the interactivity of the podcast. If you want to get in touch, dan at danielmuggleton.com.au. That's where to find me. I was just wondering if any of you guys have ever done this. Like, just kind of, I, I think it's like not wanting to be too effusive like with your praise, like you don't want to kind of come in too strong. So you kind of play it a little bit cold, like a little bit, a little bit like a neg, like a pickup artist thing. Like, you know, he's going to be like, Hey, I thought you were okay. And you should lose the tracksuit. And I'll be like, Oh, wh what do you do? Want to, want to get a drink after the show? And maybe you could tell me other things I could fix. Like, it's just, it's just so fun. It's just such a funny interaction. And it just happens semi-regularly. And if you're one of the people who does this or you know someone who does this, maybe your partner, maybe a significant other is someone who does this. And you, the person they're comfortable being slightly more vulnerable with, have been able to get to the bottom with it on the car home. Like, why'd you go up to that comedian after the show and tell him he did okay? We could have just walked past him like most other people did. <laughs> if you could experience this, just get, get in touch. Because I had, fuck, I just remembered. I had the same thing on Tuesday at the running joke. The gig I do regularly, this guy came up and he'd bought his family tickets to the show for his dad's birthday. And he's like, I saw you on TikTok. I, you got the tracksuit on. And I'm like, yeah, mate, that's, that's, the, that's the game. And he's like, just during the show, he's tried to kind of have a chat. And that I've, you know, made fun of him and had a good time, made fun of his dad, had a good time. And then like, he's kind of tried to crack onto a girl that was sitting on her own in the front row. Just one of the most, like, I'm not going to say aggressive because like it, it wasn't kind of at her too much, but he just kind of went and sat at her table. One of the most blatant pickup attempts I've ever seen. So there was the show, there was a break. He was sitting with his family, like his mum, his dad, and his aunt. And during the break, he saw a lady in the front sitting on her own and went and sat at her table and sat there for the entire second section of the show, just kind of having a little chat to her, having a little chirp at the show as well. She's just giving him absolutely nothing. Then in the final bracket of the show, 
goes and sits back down with the family. Like, and she's sitting in the front row. Like, he's gone to the front row to be rejected and then move to the back row, like, move back. Like, everyone has seen this. This is, like, one of the most... This is one of the most visible failures since Vietnam. I mean, sorry, just doing doing some doing some jokes there. Just to remind you, it is a comedy podcast. Is it a comedy podcast? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that was crazy. And then like after the show, this guy who like appeared to be a fan and like I thought wanted like a photo or something, then just engaged me in like a very long handshake. Like he just like he just wouldn't let go of my hand, but it wasn't like aggressive. It was just kind of long. Uh, while telling one of the other acts that he was better than me. <laughs> what are these dudes doing? How were they raised? His dad seemed nice. His dad seemed totally normal. He was like, thanks for a great birthday. This is lovely. And his kid's just there, just holding on, clutching, clutching onto my hand, preventing me from leaving, which I clearly wanted to do, just so he could tell the other comedian what a good job they did a couple more times in my presence. Very strange. If you've ever seen it, if you've ever done it, if you've ever experienced it, maybe you perform in some way or just sport. I don't know. Like just if you've ever had this happen, do get in touch. Dan at danielmuggleton.com.au. All right, so there is one story left in the chamber for this week, and it's a little bit of an add-on to last week. I was talking about jizzing in the jar, getting getting in that jar. There is a very funny story about actually jizzing in the jar, which uh, my beautiful wife Mary has agreed to come on the pod for. Uh, so get excited about that, because I was telling her what I talked about during last week's episode, and then we actually went to the clinic And, you know, an objectively funny thing happened. So you guys are absolutely going to hear about that. But before we go there, I I do have have one more story from that particular side of my life. Don't worry, your audio is working. I was just having a goddamn sip. I always, when I listen to podcasts, whenever they pause for like a while, I'm always like, oh, shit, is someone calling me? And it's just them thinking. So, as I'm sure you've noticed, I endeavor on this podcast to leave absolutely zero space between words. So you'll never have to go through the pain of uh, thinking you're popular enough to receive a phone call you weren't expecting uh, before just being like, no, 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 still still me in the podcast. That's all I got right now. Uh, so, um, part, part of this whole process is uh, I'm going to be away at Edinburgh. Um, so I, I can't be there to jizz in the jar. I, I can't afford the postage from Edinburgh. So I got to get some samples frozen ahead of time. That's what I got to do. And uh, they will then, I assume, unfreeze them because that just seems unpleasant uh, before, before you know, using, putting them in, Steve Nashing them. We're going to keep that term going. Steve Nashing them right under the basket. Easy two points. So... Um, that's happening tomorrow. I've got to be up early for that. Again, just, I think I think even early this time, I think it's like 7.30, maybe 7. They're just like, hey, obviously these fellas can get it out at any given time. Let's, let's, not, let's not waste. Let's not waste our day. We're working tradies hours on these, on these masturbation couches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
at various fertility clinics around Australia. Um, so yeah, that's happening. And my my favorite thing from this is uh, they were they were instructing me, you know, kind of how to prepare over the phone. And one thing with this, like you might think, you might think in your ignorance that when uh, attempting to procreate, you just want to store up all your jizz, just, you know, take a week or two off, do no fap, what is it, no nut November, that's the one, no nut November, take 30 days to get as many boys in the chamber as you can uh, and, and release them. But no, you, you want to you be turning it over. You want to be refreshing these fellas. You want to be... You want to be, you know, every every day or two cleaning the old pipes, getting the immune system up, getting that grip strength uh, powerful enough to break out of a handshake from a weird fan. <laughs> but uh, so with that in mind, they were like, hey, you're coming in on Tuesday. Can you please ejaculate on Sunday? Now, I don't know if... You guys have any ideas what to do with my other two wishes? (laughs) No, but just like, how fun is that? It's like, can you please ejaculate on Sunday? So Sunday happened. And I've had like my mom staying with me because uh, she was, she was just recovering from a little, a little surgery. She's fine. Absolutely fine. Um, And so she's been in the house uh my my wife's been around we've had like a lot of stuff on so just it's it's been the opposite of sexy times it's been like hey let's just get everything done we can get done and you know make sure my my mother is uh is comfortable and so it hits sunday evening i've flagged to my wife that i need to ejaculate on sunday i mean that's a fun thing hey babe uh i know we're busy but I do need to ejaculate on Sunday. Anytime, anytime on Sunday. Just wanted to let you know in case you wanted to link up. Uh, maybe we could <laughs> go together, you know, make it happen together. But yeah, so that was that was what needed to happen. And it just got late in the evening because, uh, you know, my mom goes to bed. We're just watching some TV, trying to unwind a little bit. And then I look at the time and I'm like, Oh my god, it's quarter to twelve. I gotta, I gotta ejaculate soon. So I go to my wife. I'm like, hey, like, I, I gotta ejaculate within the next fifteen minutes. Doctor's orders. <laughs> Look, I know this is immature, but you know, as a good Catholic boy, you're told you shouldn't masturbate because God's watching or whatever. And then you know, I think there's always the inherent implication as a man that you shouldn't masturbate that much. Well, there's something like a little shameful about masturbation to some extent, but then you're 34 years old, you're a married man, and you get to tell your wife that the doctor needs me to come. (laughs) This doctor needs me to come. Not later, not tomorrow, not when you're you're feeling less tired. Now, we got to ejaculate now. And before you think... This was some kind of, you know, pressure into inner course slash outer course situation. No way. What it was, was me being like, hey, I got to ejaculate. And she's like, I'm real tired. Just go in the bedroom and come back when you're done. Like, it just, 
I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some kind of equivalent thing in society, like not like a get out of jail free, but kind of like that, where it's like, you know, sometimes you do feel like jerking off, be like, this is inappropriate. Sometimes you're horny, your wife's not horny, you want to jerk off, but like to leave the room and just jerk off would be just such a statement. Like kind of kind of weird. Like it almost it almost feels like resentful. But this was just, I would say, the greatest reason I've ever had to masturbate. Forget horniness. Forget being sixteen. Forget being really pent up and being worried about its effects on your overall personality. <laughs> this was just. The doctor needs me to come, so I'm going to do it. Doctor's orders. I take my health seriously. And I went into the bedroom and had, let's be honest, a pretty subpar wank. Because when you're doing it, thinking about an appointment you've got in two days' time, (laughs) it's just not... It's just not that sexy. It's not that sexy, but I did it and... Now I get to go again tomorrow morning playing away game. Uh, I feel, I feel, it feels like a Champions League tie at this point. I got to do one at home now, away where everything matters more. It's time. We're doing it. But yeah, I just, I just found it such a unique thing because usually, A, you probably conceal your masturbation, not from everybody, but from most people. Like, B, it's like when you feel like it, whereas it's like, hey, you got to do it. Like, forget any shame. Forget any tiredness. Forget forget where you're at mentally. you got to jerk off. It has to happen. You simply must jerk off. Um, And then just also, like, the fact that I, you know, made the appointment while I was walking through the city. And they're like, over the phone, yeah, so we need you to ejaculate on Sunday. Is that possible? And I'm just like, you know on a train like yeah yeah i can ejaculate on sunday no worries doc beautiful absolutely beautiful all right is that enough that's enough jizz talk i reckon two episodes back to back but oh you are gonna love the story and you're gonna love my wife loving the story so let's get out of here thank you so much for listening uh sorry it's a little bit short i hope it lasts your commute Maybe this is maybe this is you know a bit of a blessing. You're like, hey, usually got a long commute, don't have that much Daniel Muggleton podcast. I better speed. I better be more efficient than ever before. I better use Waze instead of Google Maps. I wanna I wanna know the best route. Um, thanks for listening. There will be an episode out next Tuesday. That episode will be from the UK because I'll be in the UK by that time. Holy shit! So yeah, get excited for that. Uh, I'll probably end up recording it in Perth, but then, yeah, going to be in Edinburgh Fringe. Might be a couple of extra eps with some guests. Why not? Get stuck in. Some of my favorite comedians in the world are going to be there. Uh, but, yes, leave us a review. Subscribe because as as the regulars, the OGs, the muglets will know, um, not always the most consistent release strategy. So... <laughs> The old subscribe is the best way to know when the pod is going to come out. But that's it. Uh, I'll see you next Tuesday from a probably raining UK.
Uh, this has been the Daniel Mogden Podcast. Vertical, get us out of here.